sit back, relax, and enjoy the warm sounds of the Beer Engine podcast with Griff and Tony. I'm back, bitches. Hey, what's up, everybody? That was beautiful, wasn't it? Um, Griff here. Uh, and if you can't hear him uh, on the other side of the, uh, you know, 5,000 mile, 10,000 mile thick glass, um, he's just back from his two week stint as the uh, fill in for the official mouth kisser for Brazilian President Jair Bolsonaro. Tony, how you feeling after that couple of weeks? Look, I don't have a lot of like taste going on right now, and <laughs> do have a bit of a cough, um, but at a and a bit of a burping situation. But yeah. look, it's the a digestive it's, thing is supposed to be kind of tough. I mean, that's that that was sort of one of the late arriving symptoms. So. Yeah, but let's let's weigh things up. Let's really think about this for a second. I'm a pretty unattractive man, and there are a lot of very, very attractive Brazilian women. I think dying at 40 is a fair trade-off to kiss this many beautiful Brazilian women. Yes, you have to kiss some ugly Brazilian men. and I, I think, I mean, my understanding, maybe, uh, I guess you're, you're, you were doing different work than I thought. I thought you were just going to be there kissing this guy on the mouth 50 times a day. Um, oh, no, did they, no. Did they let you do some other kissing? Absolutely. In the meantime? Oh, it, that's it, nice. It's, it's kind of like I was, I, was, I was taking kisses from the public and then having to kiss Bolsonaro. Oh, kind of like oh, an Eskimo wow. kiss. Yeah. So, <laughs> sort of like a tele- game of telephone. It is. Um, COVID telephone. He's taking the Trump thing to a new level. He's not just hugging and kissing the flag. He's he's going out there and but transitively hugging and kissing all of the people of Brazil at once, <laughs> which is remarkable for uh, someone as um, he is not a well-looking person. I got to say, even though I know he now has um, this this, uh, you know, the covid disease, the Rona. Um, he, he was already looking he was looking pretty rough, <laughs> rough already. I would say. I don't know if anyone more consistently looks like he's at death's door than that guy. You don't think Trump runs a close second, or, or even Trump even sways him? Like, I'm not just talking about Trump's head, but when you take into account Trump's body, that is a mess of a body. He's sort of Trump is more forward. of a yeah, more of the um, Trump has more of the. I guess uh, uh, signs of of kind of ravages of age. Bolsonaro has more of the potential zombie. You know what was the? I can't. My video game people are going to lose their fucking mind when I say. But what was the hell was the name of the company from Resident Evil? Um, Umbrella. Was it the yeah, Umbrella yeah, company? Yeah, he looks like he's sort of he's sort of. <laughs> he was stuck in the office or something, and and something bad happened. Um, he is not. He's just. He just sort of looks. He has that pallid look about him that I think uniquely makes him look like he's dead already. Um, <laughs> Trump. Trump looks just like he's about to have a heart attack. I mean, he's he's just a big fat fucker. You know. I mean, I don't know what. I don't really know another way to describe him. You know. You could stick a Hawaiian shirt on him, and if he didn't have such horrid beliefs, or even if he did, and he just didn't tweet about him or say anything, or run for president, or anything like that. He would just be any other fat shithead in Florida with a Hawaiian shirt on, you know, it wouldn't, wouldn't really strike me as any different. Really? Yeah. I, th- I think there are certain disturbing characteristics that at least puts him in the top five. I get that he has, doesn't have that sort of transparency, ghostly look that you're talking about with Bolsonaro, but he, he is certainly sort of a disturbing version of that everyman Florida thing with his fake tan, with the oh, yeah. eye holes, and just his whole – he doesn't hold his gut out like a big Florida dude does. Most yeah, fair. Most sort of poke it out. He's trying to suck it in, but rather than suck it in, he just sort of tilts himself Leans forward. Leans over. He hinges forward. Yeah, yeah. it's a very un- uncomfortable-looking pose. Um, yeah, I will say this, Tony. Um, not that I should subject either of this to this, but I'll – I think on your your visit we should go to Florida somehow. Uh, maybe Ooh. I'll meet you down in down in Florida. 
Um, hey, there's some great breweries in Miami and Tampa. So um, you could both enjoy, you know, maybe we'll, we'll just find that like nice sweet spot that's like winter, <laughs> but not not deep enough winter that all of the snowbirds will be there at once, but um, enough that it won't be uh, 1,000 degrees. Um, and then we'll, we'll, we'll go to Jay Wakefield. We'll get our, we'll get our Florida Weiss. Um, we'll chill it. Uh, green bench. Uh, I think you got to see, but you got to see for yourself, Florida man. And maybe Florida man is sort of an exaggeration and a silly thing, but the, the tan, just like shirtless old tan, fake tan men, just sort of meandering about, um, everywhere at all times, uh, is a, is a sight to behold. And I think you'll have a different interp of, of Trump and, and his sort of universe or ecosystem after that. So what part of the Florida are the good breweries in? Are they sort of everywhere or are they Jacksonville? Oh, no, or are they... It's Miami, Miami, uh, particularly Wynwood, um, in, which is the sort of hipstery. You know, it's these old shipping, it's not containers, it's not right, but it's got that look and they, it has a ton of like murals and, you know, designed graffiti. It has this very sleek look about it. Um, it's actually a cool neighborhood. That's where Jay Wakefield is. And Tampa is the other one. Um, I think, I think other, I think other than that, you're, you're scraping at the bottom of the barrel. So Tampa, St. Pete, Miami, and Fort Lauderdale, and otherwise, you know, for example, if you go if you go out by where my dad lives, um, it's slim pickings. You know, there's one or two that are, I would say, in the the decent to okay, good range, but nothing that anyone's sending home for or anything. Wakefield and and Cycle though are like big time hype breweries. Cycle, yeah, I've, I've heard of them. I wasn't familiar with Wakefield, but um, I'll, I'll check them out. Now, what are sort of some other areas that w- you would not think craft or good beer in general would be would be available? That is like Vegas is kind of the opposite to that, where you would think, given its population size, that it would have a decent um, beer community but really doesn't because it's so transient um, but that that and Kansas City I think you were saying has really good Kansas City is a I mean the best the best two beer cities in the US I guess are arguably Asheville North Carolina and I mean this is no this is best beer cities 2008 how about that if I say it this way maybe Asheville still but um, Asheville is amazing Uh I think Asheville is is the least expected. I mean, that's where Wicked Weed is. Burial, I've talked about Burial. This might as well be the goddamn Beer Engine podcast sponsored by Burial um, for as much as I talk about those guys. Um, but I'm the one giving them money. It's crazy. <laughs> A reverse uh, sponsorship. I think Bear. I think I think I think Asheville is maybe the you wouldn't as a, as a um, you know if you're from outside the country. I mean, Asheville is not anywhere near the coast. It's it's the it's far inland Appalachian, North Carolina. Um, it's a nice enough little town, but it's not a capital or anything. You know, it's just this sort of off the beaten path at, at mountain town. Um, it's pretty. There's a national forest there and stuff. It's it's beautiful, but it's 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 insane with breweries and also. I mean, that's where Oscar Blues and Sierra Nevada and um, New Belgium all have second facilities. It's it's wild. I and I guess the other one I would say is Grand Rapids. Still, I think Grand Rapids is just cool, and they have a great minus Founders, which sort of you know has shit the bed and is has a lot of racist freaks running their brewery. Um, really? Yeah, there's still a bunch of good um, beers to be to be drank in in Grand Rapids, and it's a fun little city too. So. But those are the two I think that would would surprise someone coming from you know anywhere else in the world, and frankly, any of the coasts either. Yeah, I, I knew that Grand Rapids was um, was one, but I, I wasn't aware of the whole racist thing that was was going on at Founders. Yeah, I mean, look it up. I'm not going to recite the legal legalese of what happened, but they were you know mistreating, abusing, racially abusing employees. Well, and they pretty much just got permanently canceled because they never really responded to it. And you can, I mean, I don't know. There is a way to respond to it that 
would have at least been better, but it wasn't what they did. And whatever, they're owned by San Miguel now anyway, so like big big Spanish beer conglomerate. So. Um, well, Tony, um, uh, you're already, you're dialed into the beer talk. That's a good, that's a good sign for you because, you know, you've been gone for a week and your, your head has been in the clouds, mainly from potentially absorbing um, COVID disease from kissing <laughs> the president of Brazil 500 times. But uh, also you just, you kind of, we got to get you like locked back into the, to the beer world. So I thought we could do that with one of my signature segments, um, soon to be signature. My signature is having segments. How about that? This isn't a segment we've done before. Okay. You, you didn't give me a heads up. I would have had music ready for this. I know. Yeah, I bet. Um, I never even told you the name of it. <laughs> uh, this uh, is a game, and I like to call it this, that, or the other thing. Well, this, that, and the other is close enough to two brews and a lie that I'm going to play the two brews and a lie, lie theme track. Beer. 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 That was a lie. <laughs> Didn't really fit, but I just need any excuse to play some Murray Povich. Hey, this is okay. I like this. Oh, is Maury on that? Absolutely. Oh, yeah. You are not the evil twin beer. Um, this is uh, this game, this, that, or the other thing. So, Tony, are you familiar with the, with a game like uh, a Jackbox game uh, mixed into Quiplash called This or That? Uh, I believe so, but give a refresher to our listeners. So I am going to say a statement. And Tony is going to have to tell me if this statement is an evil twin beer, a burial beer, or a Trump tweet. Oh, so just go through those three options again. So the first uh, option, this could be, is a beer from evil twin, just the name of the beer. I'm not giving you a style. I'm not giving you an alcohol percentage. I'm not giving you a description like I would in two brews and a lie. Yep. Um, so I give you the title. You know, Evil Twin beers have a very specific type of beer. They are, you know, these sort of very wordy titles. Um, and I'll give. Let me give you a little background. I do want you. I want you to be successful because, as you know, we will rescue one orphan uh, for every <laughs> answer you get correct. The other is burial beers, and burial we know have been popular in my house. Burial has somewhat similar to the Evil Twin style, but maybe with a more I would say metal or poetic uh, approach gotcha. to them. Yep. Um, and then uh, Trump tweets, which I think are both metal, poetic, and word. So um, good luck trying to decipher which one's which. Um, now, these are not full Trump tweets. I couldn't do full Trump tweets because uh, you'll know which one is that. I have chosen segments of Trump tweets um, because – I mean, frankly, evil tw- even Evil Twin couldn't fit a full Trump tweet other than the one that says, like, law and order uh, <laughs> onto, a, onto a beer. So, Well, that's the sort of Trump tweets I thought you were going to be using in this game. These are, these, there, are there is one that is like that. Um, actually, you know what? Two of these uh, are whole Trump tweets. Ooh. Um, so you, you'll, you'll, this is going to be, I think you're going to do well at this. I tried to make this achievable, but I tried it. I actually tried it on Kelly earlier and she was having a hard time and she's, she's had beers from burial. So it's, um, all right, Tony, are you ready? Absolutely. I'm ready. Like, like I said, we'll be rescuing one orphan for every answer. Tony gets right. So, um, and I didn't, uh, and it's orphan June bug is actually what I'll be rescuing. Not any orphan humans. <laughs> All right, so I got ten of these here, Tony. Okay. Um, number one, how cool is this? A mariachi band in the subway car. That sounds like an evil twin beer to me. I'm going to go with evil twin. You are right. That is an evil twin beer, and I'll tell you. You, I can you tell me why I picked that one? <laughs> I don't know it, but it. I, 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 I think picked you... that one because of the Trump taco salad. I I, th- I remembered the Trump taco salad. I, I know you know the Trump taco salad. Yep, I do. Okay, I I know I thought of the Trump taco salad, and I thought maybe you would. Uh, I thought maybe I could fool you with that, but 
uh, I think that one was too obvious. Okay. But the evil twin have a very sort of, um, you can tell English is your second language kind of way of doing it where Trump has a more natural speech pattern to his nonsense, if that makes sense. Yeah. I don't believe that for a second. <laughs> um, I think, I actually think Trump has an English is ESL type of thing about, um, uh, we'll have to cover that in another, where I can find some examples, but there are examples. Number two, I used to be an athlete. That, see, I'm not getting any sort of burial vibes off that. That could be evil twin, but I'm going to say because he lies about himself all the time. Yeah, this is a Trump tweet. Tony, I kind of fooled you, on, honestly. That is a burial beer. Um, that is actually one of their less poetic entries. Um, they actually released this last week or maybe two weeks ago. Um, they did release a beer called I Used to Be an Athlete. Now, if you could see the art, you would say, damn, that's burial to a T because um, it's like gym, gym shoes floating in a pile of blood or something. But What style of beer is it? Well, what's oh, you know it, baby. It's hazy IPA. It's they actually did it with other hats. It's probably very hazy IPA. Um, <laughs> here, I'll look it up for you. Um, yeah. Uh, I used to be an athlete. Is a uh, eight and a half percent double IPA, uh, double dry hop with Sabro, Citra, Vic Secret, and Simcoe. Ooh, some Sounds some southern, southern hemisphere love with Vic Secret. They use a lot of those at Burial, and I love Sabro, and I miss this beer. Well, they didn't they didn't ship this beer in particular. So okay. I got the version of this uh, that oh, it's called. I used to consider the consequences, and that one had um, Citra Cashmere, Motuika, and Citra Cryo. That was the one they shipped. So Ooh. I'll be. I haven't tried that one yet, so I'm excited to try it. That was good. Uh, so that was me kind of, I kind of screwed you on that one. So <laughs> no, you didn't. I think you'll do, I think you'll do better on this one. Here we go. You played it wrong. <clears throat> Number three. <clears throat> I've never seen a thin person drinking diet Coke. Well, that's definitely not a Trump tweet because Trump loves a diet Coke. And is he delusional enough to think that he's a skinny person? Cause we know he drinks like 12 of those aspartame bombs a day he's probably not self-aware enough now i think about it a little more but this could be burial based on the last beer and i could see them doing some good art around that but i could also see it being an evil twin this has got me really this is a head scratcher this one um I keep wanting to say evil twin, but I've got to get, have to go against my first instinct. And I said it wasn't a Trump tweet, but I'm coming back to it. I know it's always the easy answer, but this this sounds like a. I don't think he's self aware enough to know that he's he's not skinny. He is fat, maybe not morbidly obese, but he's right on the borderline. I'm going to say this is a Trump tweet. Tony, that's correct. This is a Trump tweet. Tony, here are some Trump tweets about Diet Coke. <laughs> so this is actually the first one. This was October 14th, 2012. I've never seen a thin person drinking Diet Coke. <laughs> On October 15th, 2012, he said, the more Diet Coke, Diet Pepsi, etc., you drink, the more weight you gain? Question mark. <laughs> On the 16th of October, 2012, he said, Diet Coke tweet had a monster response, dash, damn it, I wish the stuff worked. Not even <laughs> sure. <laughs> <laughs> and on the 22nd of October, he said, <laughs> all right, let's see if I can read this. People are going crazy with my comments on Diet Coke, parentheses, soda. Let's face it. This stuff just doesn't work. It makes you hungry. <laughs> so that's, the diet, I think my favorite parts are that Diet Coke works. And then the other part that he said, Diet Coke parentheses soda. <laughs> it's probably, that's that's probably pretty cool. good. But um, I really like the fact that, um, that he thought it was some sort of like miracle shake kind of thing that it would help you lose weight like a deep. Detox tea or something. I don't think Diet that... Coke tweet had a monster response. That's very good. Uh... 
I, Trump sucks, but you got to give it up. He's a good poster. You don't have, you absolutely do not have to give it up for Donald Trump. I, I know. No, but and he's not a good poster. He is a good, if, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> anybody with that volume of tweets would have as many quippy tw- tweets as he does. Yeah, he's batting like. Accidentally hit a Diet Coke one. He, he, yeah. treat, he tweets like Drill. You, you know who Drill is, right? No, I don't know who Drill is. Oh, well, look up Drill, D R I L, and you can see. You know, some of these are drill tweets, the old ones, and maybe that's why I think they're funny. But, or I just think they're funny because I'm insane. I don't know. They're not funny in a good way. I should make that. All right. So that's uh, we're getting some good legs out of this content, Tony. Is good. Um, number four. The only way to deal with the current issues. Mm, that seems too directly tw- Trump. Uh, now, whose art style does this suit more? Um, I'm going to sort of have to think, does this suit Burial? Because I think Evil Twin can do just about anything they like. Uh, I do think it could be Burial. In fact, that's my answer. Lock in Burial. Uh, that is an evil twin beer, actually. Ah, um, damn it. So it's a good guess. You were right that it wasn't a Trump tweet. I was trying to fool you into thinking it was a Trump tweet. Um, it doesn't sound like a typical uh, evil twin name. Now, that said, they did spell current with an A, oh. meaning like it's, the, like it's a fruit. So it is a current, a black current uh, beer. That is not fair because we all know if Trump was going to make a spelling mistake, he wouldn't have made that one. And... That, and that isn't even a mistake because that's how you spell the fruit. So. That's correct. <laughs> so I did. I got gotcha. you. Yep. There we go. All right. Number five. I was particles among the sky and my existence became nevermore. Well, that's not a Trump tweet. Come on. Everybody knows that that would more likely be a Kayleigh McInerney tweet, not a Donald <laughs> Trump tweet. And you're right. That is a Kelly McInerney tweet. <laughs> Um, that is so wordy. Uh, oh, I'm just, I'm, I'm not going to rabbit on this to me. String, screams evil twin. So therefore I'm going to be wrong, but I'm going to stick to my guns and say it's an evil twin beer. Yeah, this is a burial beer. Ah. This is, this is right in the, the type of name that burial tends to have. Um, God, this is more of their more of their um, existential. Yep. Yeah. This is turning out. This is a good. This is turning out pretty good. I'm I'm happy. Um, I really like this game. It's good fun. The the orphans. The orphans. The orphans are hating it, right? Hey, I've got one orphan out, which is better than I did with with getting Timmy out of the well. I think I only got food down to Timmy. You've got you've got two out of the well for. Uh, or you got two orphans rescued. So two orphan June bugs, I've already thrown them out the window. So um, we're doing good now. All right. Number six. Um, they say there are a billion stars in the night sky, but I've never seen them. <laughs> now that sounds like, again, like a burial beer. <laughs> Could be an evil twin, but... I think Trump's so dumb and has never <laughs> lived in any sort of rural location that he's even seen stars. I think he's always lived in and stayed in polluted areas and um, never stayed out long enough for it to get dark in the first place. Um, and if he is, he's tucked in bed watching cable news and the blinds are drawn. I'm going to say this is a Trump tweet. I don't think he's seen a single star in his life. Tony, this is an evil twin beer, although oh, I do appreciate I think your logic was good. Um, that was your mistake, though, is that you <laughs> applied logic. Um, we all know that Trump, while he has never seen a star, he did create the Space Force. Um, so throw that in the, in the mix, too. Um, I, do think, I do think this sounds, this did sound uniquely Trump-like to me, um, just the indignance or what, like random indignance about something <laughs> stupid, pointless art anger about. <laughs> oh, I haven't seen any of these stars. This could easily have been from 2011 um, when when 
you know, Elon Musk was thinking about launching a rocket or something. So that's Evil Twin. Next up. Okay. Uh, it's freezing and snowing in New York. We need global warming. This, not, not even a debate. This is a Trump tweet right down the right down the barrel this is this is taken in full this is one of the two that i think has been taken in full and it is a trump tweet and he was just having a cold day in new york and he thought that's how global warming works it means that our winters are warmer and our summers are hotter and that's the only change global warming makes so bring it on that's a trump tweet that is absolutely yes a trump tweet yes you uh you got that one that's three uh that's three. All right. Here's number eight. Today's forecast, unhealthy air quality for sensitive groups. Oh, now I like this. I like this because this could be any th- one of the three. Could it be all three? No, I don't think it's all three. <laughs> I don't think when Trump is outraged and trying to bait, I was going to say the left, but the centre and the, his non-Trumpian supporters, he wouldn't go at them that softly. So I'm going to eliminate Trump. It's just whether it's evil twin or it's burial at this point. This has some sort of... It has a bit of both, if, I, if I'm honest. But mm. I'm going to go with... Oh, I keep changing last minute. Burial. Uh, Tony, that's evil twin. Um, the thing I would have, that would have, uh, the thing I would have nudged you to, and I was trying to was, uh, actually the evil twin is in New York city. Um, and burial is in Asheville, North Carolina, where they have excellent air quality, I presume for as, or at least as nice of air quality as you could have in the U S. Um, well, I don't know, actually there's mining and stuff. I don't know. Last, we got two left here. This one is, um, this one you might get just because of some mistakes I've made today. So, um, a sense of somewhat normalcy. A sense of a sense of somewhat normalcy. See, <laughs> you uh, think too deeply about um, how I'm going to think about these things, and so I, I think I don't think you have given away anything today because that could be any one of the three. <laughs> um, because I think it makes great can art, if or even bottle art, if it's if it's one of the two breweries. Because um, I, I I don't know about the spelling of normalcy. There could be some funky things going on there. Um, but that sounds. It doesn't sound like an. English is your second language thing, but it does have a disconnect that makes me think Trump. This mm. final answer, lock it in. This is the final Trump tweet. This is a burial beer. Uh, it's actually the burial beer I just drank. That was the mistake I thought you would get because you were checking in beer tapped the show, and I was like, "Shit, is he looking at my?" No, my I, I wasn't. Jesus, I should. I'll do that before every show now, or during every <laughs> every segment or game. Uh, but that was um, that yeah, was no, really I literally enjoyable. was. I have one. I have one last one. I want to throw at you. Okay. This is number. This is number ten. Do I need to jump on Untapped? Oh no! No, you'll be fine. Uh, this one is. <laughs> this one's too way too easy. Dying Waverly in worst food in the city. <laughs> Come on, everybody know that knows that's evil twin. No, that's Donald Trump. Uh, it's a Trump tweet. You're right. So Tony, you got four. You actually got you got um, you got three of the four Trump tweets right. Um, yes. So that's pretty good, and and I think that's pretty good considering you really haven't had any New York City or burial beers in your life, um, and you did get one of the evil twin beers right. But boy. I would, if I were making a brewery up, maybe I would just use portions of Trump's tweets as my beer names. Well, could you, uh, could you actually do that? Like, let's say you're, you're making a brewery. Who and what would you model it after out of any sort of like business model? Is it sort of like it, like non beer model breweries I'm talking about? So, 
not like making it the next Sierra Nevada, but making it like the next Elon Musk venture or the next Bill Gates venture or the next Steve Jobs Ooh. venture. If I was trying to get like some some like VC funding for my brewery or something. Absolutely, because that is kind of key to a lot of hot new trendy breweries is is sort of getting that, that VC funding and, and getting that Silicon Valley buzz um, to invest in them. Uh, the the most the most important thing you have to do uh, with with uh, getting VC funding is you have to convince people that you're going to change the world. Um, okay. I think that's kind of. Um, I so I think if I were trying to get like VC backers, like like um, you know these. I mean these people get swindled by everybody, right? I mean <laughs> I was just I was mentioning earlier that I was watching the fire fat. Uh, fire festival doc and i was like this is just the theranos doc but with different thing i mean it's not really it's just rich people are stupid um they get fooled easily and except when they get when 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 a poor person gets fooled they just lose their money when a rich person gets fooled they sue and make a documentary about it uh that's the that's the difference in, in between you know uh, middle class and the ultra wealthy getting scammed is one gets a documentary and one gets like oh wah, wah, you know foghorn <laughs> playing. But, so so would you uh, sort of model it after these scammers, knowing that you don't actually need to deliver on your many promises to change the world, or would you actually develop? If your... I were really trying to get a brewery to to start, yep. Um, for real, real, uh, I, first of all, I would be very careful with like big money funding. I would likely try to start with, um, either personal investment, which would be really hard to do for steel, or I would, uh, uh, I would try to find sort of closer to the vest fundraising, you know what I mean? Investors, um, that would, uh, kind of take, ownership share in the business equity share and had some responsibility for the business's success. Um, and then if I were trying to start a brewery to make money, I think is different. It's not different. If I were trying to, if I were trying to set a brewery for growth, first of all, I wouldn't <laughs> would be my first piece of advice was, is don't do that. I think that's um, wise advice really, because um, if you, how many of the failed breweries have been set up that way in the fact that they're trying to not grift on to the latest hot happening, but it's designed around trend and around um, sort of about being bought out and has no real soul. Um, and I'm sure you've been to these places, even in Australia, I've been to these places where uh, they've been started by people that obviously have no real passion in beer, but see it as a yeah, reasonable to sell yeah yeah and or they're owned by already established brands like one of the breweries i went to that i was thoroughly disappointed in was owned by a major winery and they could tell that that beer was an up-and-comer and so they were trying to diversify and they used the same model they did within a winery setting and the the tap room and brewery was utterly soulless and it had the beers that were on trend in Australia at that point, which was, which was moderately hot pale ales, and they were all kind of like, yeah, they hit the key Meh, points, but yeah. they there was nothing that sort of stood out, and and you could tell that 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 brand was going to be dead within three years as as the wine company lost its um, optimism around that particular brewery, and I, I don't think it exists to this day. So, I I, yeah. I think that's a really terrible way to set up. Um, a brewery to sell out. I think, I think if you're really honestly going to truly do it, you need to have a vision of what you want your breweries to become. That's why I have a lot of respect for Treehouse, Trilliums, Evil Twins, Burials. Um, they all have a very distinct idea of what they are. Hetty Topper. Um, you can go through. Yeah, any... I think I think vision is important, and I mean, I, I even throw in. I, I would say that the breweries that have uh, um, given me, I, I I think having having a target of the type of beer you want to brew and the type of this is true for any company. And I don't want to. I'm not. 
I, I just, or, or any thing, it, company is stupid. I, I'm not, I am not a, <laughs> I'm not, Tony will vouch for this. I am not an ultra capitalist type. I do. The reason I, 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 I've worked with VC funding in my, you know, kind of past career lives and these people are fucking dumb, man. I mean, it's just not, these are not, and some of them are smart. I'm sure. I'm sure there are people who work in VC funding that are smart. Hell, I did it for a while. I'm stupid, you know, so <laughs> that, that should tell you something. Um, so, but, uh, I also think, um, but I'm not, I'm just not an ultra capitalist type. So, but I would say this should be true with anything you start doing in your life, right? Not yes. to, not to give more life advice, <laughs> but have a vision for what you want it to be. You know yep. what I mean? And that needs to be beyond the financial success of it. It needs to be like, this is the type of beer I want to make. This is the type of quality I'm going to strive for. This is the type of features I want it to have. This is the look and feel I want, right? And then like experiment with that and test it and see if people care. Because maybe yep. it's just something you want. I mean, I have very specific tastes. Maybe nobody would want to drink 3% table saison for the rest of their life. Uh, okay. I'm you in. know, I mean, that's, I'm in. Right. <laughs> okay. But, uh, but it's, but you got to have like a, you know, you got to have a viewpoint and you got to have an, I mean, you're probably going to need a business model that's going to make money somehow. I mean, Hill Farmstead, I admire to death because they've only been had, they've had their vision of growth or, or, or success. Not growth yep. isn't the right word. The vision of success, which is I'm making enough beer and I'm selling enough beer and I'm spending the right amount on that in relation to, you know, opportunity cost, you know, cost of goods, uh, uh, rent, overhead, all that stuff, employees where I, I take some money home. I pay all these people to be part of my business. I'm happy. My family is stable and successful. I don't need growth. This is good. You know, <laughs> yes. we're good. Yep. But, um, and I admire that to death. I love that. I think, I think lots of breweries have that vision and you're seeing the opposite true in more cases here, which is, well, we've had a taste of success. Now we'll be opening a 250,000 square foot warehouse with, you know, uh, uh, 1,900 barrel fermenters. And, um, and then by the time they get it built, nobody cares about their beer anymore. Yep. Um, which we're seeing right now here. Well, I'm, I'm going to do a bit of show planning live on the show. I like to do that. How about in, after we get past our ultimate six-pack, which we will resume next week, um, how about we come up with our ultimate beer label that we're going to create? I don't want to just say brewery, but let's, let's think of it as a complete brand and, and, okay. and how we'd set it up. Talk about all those things that uh, you talked about. Um, and and what what beers we would have on, what sort of idea you would have for a tap room, and and your long term, if you had the money to start up a brewery, what would your brewery actually look like? Not not sort of pie in the sky sort of things, but if you won Tats Lotto tomorrow, which is an Australian lottery, one Powerball tomorrow. I think you're familiar with Powerball. I think that's in every country. Um, what you would do with your brewery and um, and how this you would like grow a, it. Uh... Yeah, this is like a great. This is like a, a, a like sophomore year project. Absolutely, yeah. I I, yeah. I want to see you talk it out. I want to see graphs. I want to see <laughs> sort of planning. I want I want you to show your work. So I think that'll be important as well. But I think it could I'm be a fun series a, in the next couple of weeks uh, because show I think you a our P and L statement. I think our breweries may be different. I think our tap lists certainly will be, but I don't think we'll be aiming for sort of mega beer that takes over our respective countries, even if mine might not even be based in Australia because maybe Australia is not ready for a, a sour-based brewery if that's what I choose to do. It's true. Yeah, I mean, um, I, I, uh, you're, you're, I, I love this idea. Let's do this. Um, I also had the much, you have the much more earnest concept of something to do. I also had the much less, uh, more irreverent concept of if I was trying to scam some people, what kind of brewery would I start? Well, um, can we but do, I do that? think that's something else. Yeah. We can, can we do, do that, that later. No. Can we do that on today's show? Because I feel like you've, you've thought about this. Um, and I would like for you to sort of talk about this. I think that if that I were trying to scam people, um, fire festival style, which is a smoke and mirrors type gag. And Theranos, I think a little bit now Theranos, 
Theranos, it's all the same. Theranos and Fire Festival made the same mistake of um, they sold people something that wasn't feasible and then tried to actually do a half-assed version of it. <laughs> Instead of just selling the thing, Kickstarter, on Kickstarter, they just sell something that's not feasible. Then they pocket the money and vanish because they don't owe you anything. It doesn't matter, you know? Yep. Um, they can just disappear. Uh, in this case, they accepted all the money. Then they said, oh, shit, I can't do that, <laughs> you know? Um, if I were going to do that, uh, if I were just going to scam people, uh, I have, um, I would take a bunch of Funk Factory bottles, like Mirts, which I love, but is a delicious, lightly tart, funk, funky, sour, 4.5% that has a million different fruit variants, and it's distinctive. It's not distinctive enough to be that somebody would recognize it unless you're a Funk Factory like Stan. So I just couldn't have anybody from Madison, Wisconsin, part of this or whatever. <laughs> but, um, and I like Funk Factory. I'm not sure I could tell, honestly. I mean, I, my, my palate's shit, but um, I would just make a label. I would get like a graphic designer to, to throw me together like a nice label. And I would host bottle shares like four or five times. And I'm not saying this is a $27, $50 million scam or whatever, like the, like the fire festival guys, but this is, I could, I bet I could get a Steve Martin style sized take like from dirty rotten scoundrels. You know, I could, I could, we, I could, I could needle, you know, 40, 50, 60 grand out of someone by just like defrauding them into thinking that I was making these artisanal, farmhouse style sours someone's like you're going to change the world with this beer this is amazing i mean people are going to care about this you know this is gonna you know and, and kind of sell a tap room concept that's like it'll be a rustic you know jester king type tap room we'll have an outdoor cool ship um we'll make sure we're in kind of nice climbs for that so what's that have to be somewhere like with a temp relatively temperate climate like um you know, even, and you could even do it cheap and say you do it in, uh, you know, Western Illinois or something like that. Right. Where you could get the, the weather cool enough to do cool shipping. Um, uh, I would do, uh, and, and, you know, you just kind of sell this, this idea of this sort of pastoral, um, farmhouse brewery. And I, I am, I'm pretty certain I could, I could screw some, um, some of these nerds out of some, out of some dough. So, at at the base of your idea is, is not to um, you're actually going to show a physical product, but that physical product is not going to be yours. You're going to repackage essentially already made beer. Why choose that style though? Why that that sort of fruity sour? Do you think that that appeals to investors, or it's it's not sort of you can put your, your finger on who's done it. That's why you've chosen. It's old money style. It's old money style. It's new. It's the new version of old money style. Okay. So yeah. you, you don't want to, I don't think you get money out of people by making pastry stout and saying, give me some money to make pastry stout. Okay. Pastry stout te teenagers are drinking pastry stout, right? And it makes money. And that's fine. I like pastry stout, but but you're not you're not getting the the hype from the people with the dollars that are dropping the hundred hundred bones, two hundred five hundred bones on getting um you know two uh what whatever um Cantillon Fado shipped to them or uh, Millennium yep. Goose or whatever, right? I mean, now I understand that with pastry stout, but would it work with like a New England style IPA brewery? Because that that's kind of like. It's not the hot new trendy thing now, but I think you can say that's a defined style. It's going to be around for a few years. It's still got some heat. This is not a passe style. And I... Do I think I could scam people with New England IPA? Yes. Um, do I think I could scam them out of the amount of money that would be interesting? I don't think so. Because okay, I think yep. it's, too it's too ubiquitous. Yep. Um I actually think you're making a really good point there. The fact that there is so much other New England style around that, yes, it's easy to repackage from a bunch of different breweries and, and no, nobody would pick you up on the scam, but they are so ubiquitous. You're not going to have anybody say, this is going to change the world. It's just yeah, going to make an already delicious world a little bit more delicious. 
And this should be clear with, and, and to be clear about Funk Factory, Funk Factory is a, is a uh, unicorn of a brewery. I mean, we don't have anything like that anywhere around here. And to have something like that in this area, in the Chicago, transformative. And honestly, when we talk about the real brewery start, if I had unlimited money, it would also be this brewery. I would just really make it, you know what I mean? Like, um, okay. but it's, it, it is unique for this sort of specific, you know, Chicago right now is, is, um, you know, gloop central. I mean, it's just what it is, but it's, uh, <laughs> You know, you still have to go to, you have to go down to side project. You have to go up to Funk Factory. You have to go out to Jester King in Texas or whatever to get sort of the more. We have afterthought, though. I mean, we, we've we've got some some of those types of breweries coming around, but um, I think it's I think it's slowly picking up, maybe. So, so um, just yeah. what I'm sort of picking up, and I, I may be incorrect that this is a these are beer nerd breweries. And I don't mean beer nerds in the fact that somebody on Untapped that just rates New England IPA. I mean people that have travelled, that have tasted a variety of beers, that have been around the beer scene for more than more than a hot minute. This is the sort of beer that you imagine a good portion of those people, not every one of them, but a good portion of those people, that beer would appeal to them. It may not be choice A, but it would be a, a beer venue and a beer company that they would would come to enjoy and would would take quite a place in their sort of rotation of beers is that oh yeah i i think their rotation i think in their beer fridge we would be maybe not the first thing they're grabbing i think in their on their set free saturday we might be the first place they go cool you know what i mean I, I think that's a that's a good way to scam people out of money because I, I I now know exactly what you're saying. The old money thing I I was kind of getting, but now I know exactly what you're talking about. There's, there's a comfort level there with a distinct set within the beer community that you you're aiming at. You you're you're aiming for a hole in the market um, that's already been filled by something that's quite magical, but is underserviced. So. I think that's yeah, a really good sure. idea, and I think you should get on that scam straight away because we don't have, we don't have the actual money to make it happen. So I no. think we can get the scam happening. I've got a laser printer. I, or hey, we can get <laughs> um, what are those sticker machines that um, that um, you can get off Amazon and stuff, and we can just oh like, yeah, like get the cans and just re-sticker them with the with the the printed out label. I think we, uh, I think we got this. I got, we got this booked. Dymo labels. I'll get a, a Dymo label maker, and we'll just re-sticker some beers. All right, I'll start a. Yeah, I'll get the I'll get the shipment going, and uh, you know, I'll, we'll get the the fellow. Uh, was it Brad who designed our logo? Um, <laughs> we'll get that guy. Call that guy up. Uh, I'll get Liam to record a pitch video. Um. Or like a pitch audio, some kind of pitch with like a nice sounding, you know, some voiceovers or something. And then we're like soaring over the cornfields or, uh, you know, it'll cost us, you know, 2000 bucks. If that, you know, 1000 bucks to make 50,000 bucks. So good idea. It is a great idea. Now, if we're going to have Liam involved though, does one of our offerings, do we need to repackage an ESB? Or do you think <laughs> the, the, uh, <laughs> I was going to say Isle of Man accent, but it's really an Essex accent. Do you think that would that would confuse them though? That's the only thing because he's not like a posh Brit. Yeah, you can pick out the accents. Yeah, he doesn't have the posh. Um, yeah, like the the gentle London, nor, uh, uh, you know, uh, the BBC accent, Kelsey accent. Yeah, yeah. I think I think we jump on on Fiverr and we get somebody to do it for us. Sorry, Liam. We got to keep you out of this scam. Uh, he's out. Yeah. Uh, so Tony, that reminds me, uh, I, there was something I wanted to do at the beginning of the show that we'll do at the end of the show, um, because, uh, we have had some fan feedback, Tony. Um, isn't that cool? It is cool. I didn't think we'd have anybody listening to this show. I did it just cause I enjoyed chatting with you a couple of hours every week. Yeah, exactly. So Tony, uh, I did have, uh, some, I almost said positive response. I had response to, uh, the solo show last week. Um, one of our listeners um, reached out to tell me 
that he is a uh, he is a therapist and he was trying to keep people out of his office here in the COVID epidemic, which is ongoing. And he, uh, what he did was he turned up the volume on me talking by myself very loud. So it sounded like there was a patient in his office. Um, <laughs> thus implying that I was in need of some kind of emergency assistance, um, with my, you know, panicked audio ransom note that I left for, for everybody last week. Well, I think um, I'm not normally one to just ascribe sort of knowledge to somebody I don't know, but I think his analysis of you was kind of spot on. Oh, yeah. No, he's right there. Um, I think he's, I think, you know, I, I, I don't know how much better it gets than, than that for me um, in terms of description. Um, I will say that I was inspired by other solo audiologists audio audiologists of the past um of course the amazing rando admire oh. his work over the years how good is he it's just an absolute machine there's there's very few people that can do um solo work as well as he can like I'll, it, I'll never be that i'll never be that good yeah i would like, kill to be that good at something it's like the amazing rando and then a huge gap and say phil hendry and that, that's sort of like phil the hendry. two <laughs> yeah, I think that's it. Uh, I still can't believe that people can do this for. It's, it's remarkable. Um, the other uh, Tony, you you received a little care package, and I thought you could talk us through this. Uh, you got a little beer gift. I did. Um, Nick Talk, a fellow Australian, lives in Melbourne, but with the whole Corona situation at the moment, it might as well be in Chicago because Melbourne is in lockdown. And they cannot travel to the country areas, the regional areas where I live. We are still free to move about, but uh, we cannot move into Melbourne, but we can move around our own districts. But um, before that time, he was able to make it to a local um, beer vendor, actually a local brewery um, called Little Brew. And he was kind enough. Well, I don't say kind enough. He was absolutely amazing in the fact that he sent me four beers from them, all canned, which is a great choice for beer mail. I don't think anybody should be risking bottles knowing delivery people all over the world. I think they're all the same. You'd agree that, that FedEx and UPS are not the most gentle with packages. I think cans are a really sensible choice for beer mail, if available. I would like course. to publicly state in case he's listening and he's not, but my our FedEx uh, driver here um, is now my friend uh, from from ten feet away because uh, he does advise me when I should. He's like, "Hey, bring this package in. I think it has alcohol." <laughs> I'm like, "Oh, cool, thanks, dude." He's like, "Yeah, let's keep that cold." I'm like, "That's the guy. That's my guy right there." Well, you see, my person's not. The problem is not with the person on the end of the delivery. Our postal lady is absolutely tremendous and she does a tremendous job keeping the packages safe and she, we can have a chat with her and she's tremendous. But it's all those people in the middle that are the right. issue. It's not the guy at the end. They're normally delightful people, although sometimes you see on, on ring doorbells and stuff that they aren't delightful people. But every dealing I've had with a person face-to-face, they've been good. But going through the different transfer stations and stuff yeah beer, beer and oh, yeah, fragile packages around, yeah. yeah can can get messed up but so tell, so I'll, i have another story about that but tell me what beers what beers did he send you you got me on the site i'm i'm peeking at their stuff all their cans are very uh have a i would say 90s flying dog type look to them if you're familiar with the flying dog brewery um those of you out there this has a little bit of that look but they're cool looking and the beers look delicious. So, Yep. Well, he sent me four beers. I can't find the fourth on there, but I can certainly tell you the three. The first one, of course, is the Australian Pale Ale, which is the only one of the beers in a 330ml can, which for you guys that use fucked up imperial measurements, that is 12 ounces. Right. Um, okay. So this... this Actually, isn't this like 11 point... <laughs> Seven ounces or something. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Who on. uses that funny language? Get with the program. Use metric. Right. It looks fine. Yep. Looks good. Um, this uh, has 
What kind of? It doesn't say what hops. It says it's packed with New Age Australian hops. What are the New Age Australian hops? Galaxy, really? Vic Secret. Galaxy. Okay. Um, Ella. Ella's an underrated hop, but mm-hmm. yeah, they're the three that I, I like sort Ella. of yeah. think about. And there might be other stuff that commercial brewers are getting their hand on that um, that just have numbers. The next one is the Hopbot, and this was in a 500 mil can, which is a big bastard. So that's a 16 ounce plus can. Yeah, tall boy can. Yeah. Yeah. Well, slightly bigger because um, tall ounce is like 468 mil. Um, but vanillary, milky, fruity, smooth New England IPA. So that sounds delicious. Um, Excited for you to drink this. Yeah, I'm actually going to look up its rating on this. Okay, um, uh, and that has perhaps the most elaborate uh, art of 3. any 6. of the Okay, Ooh. drink this soon. There's there's some oxidizing happening on some of these cans. So I'll get onto that today. Um, yeah. But the other one that I've managed to spot, one of them's a sour, but it's not um, the water delight sour, but it's in that similar vein, I think. The other one that I do know was in my care package was the raspberry ripe, which raspberry, um, which is a dark ale with oh, toasted yeah. coconut and raspberry, like a cherry ripe bar, and we all know about my love for cherry ripe. I think we were discussing that with one of the beers that I'd checked in on Untapped. Dude, you guys have so much coconut stuff there. <laughs> I just got so much coconut beer delivered to my house today. Um, but damn, this sounds good. I love coconut. Uh, let's look this one up. This looks this sounds good. Ripe little brew. This brewery must be relatively new. They don't have a lot of check-ins. This has one. This beer has one check-in, Tony. Well, um, Nick was saying that it is very new and very small. So, so these have the. It looks like they have the pull tab cans. Like they, they do the I'm, whole can lid off. Yeah. I'm not going to be opening it over the the mixer or laptop or iPad. This is going to be done over the bench as it should be because we all know what happened the last time I had one of those pull-top can lids. Yeah, and pouring, I actually, I like the pull-top can lid for Consuming. drinking out of it. Yep. Pouring out of it is hard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> kind of like, for, for someone as uncoordinated as me, I feel like I'm kind of like kind of nudging. I'm trying to like huff the beer out of it so it gets like the enough angle on it so it doesn't drip down <laughs> the side of the can. Um. This looks. This sounds delicious. James S. My guy James S. is on here. He says four and a quarter. Yummo. So he's got the. That's a. That's a Rachel Ray saying. James, <laughs> pretty good. Yummo. Well, I'll. I'll be. I'll be tasting that one soon too. I'll. I'll get through all these because I do think this is a very small brewery, and I like to um, give these guys the best shot possible. And let's say say age it. I'm trying to drink that stuff within a week of getting it. I, I think that's the only only fair thing to do with places that are this small that may only have two or three staff members. I don't think you should be holding on to these beers for even two weeks. I think I think that's that's putting too much stock in their ability to package. This looked like it was done on a hand canning line. So I'm going to be drinking it fresh and I'm going to be giving them yeah. the best opportunity to, uh, to leave me with a good impression. But uh, I'd like to thank Nick for his uh, very very generous gift and um, I can't wait to give him some feedback on it. I, I'm with the amount of different styles. I, I really hope a brewery like this succeeds if they can, they can pull it off. Cause I like things like Belgian dark ales and just yep. stuff that is not quite as trendy these days that, that like table saisons you were talking about earlier in the show, that, that, that's a beer that I love. La Serene do, right. a, do a table saison, which is just delightful and it's 3.2%. Amazing beer. There's a, they have a coconut beer, like an all coconut beer, and they have a they have a raspberry and basil gosa, which also sounds delicious to me. So um, now I, I know some winners here. I know gosa was a hot beer some time ago, but that's another one that's had some staying power in the market. Perhaps not as hot as it once was. That... I like it though. I mean, I, I I mean, I drank a key lime pie gosa a few weeks ago from Westbrook and dude, that was so good. I mean, I know that that's fruited still and it's not like a traditional 
freaking Leipziger Goza, but it was really good. But that's what I was going to say. That is a beer style I love. Could drink all day, every day. Winter, spring, summer, autumn, or fall if you're American. Um, just a beer that I can drink all year round, all weather conditions. Um, probably never going to score a five. Maybe I get an amazing example, I will, but... It, Rarely are they going to score under a four. They're just so drinkable, and I love a Gosa, and I wish more people would produce them. I know they're not as sexy as, as more high, highly fruited sours or or more high alcohol these days or, or funkier sours. They're fairly straight ahead. They're not as simple as, say, a kettle sour, but I wish more breweries would take a chance on doing a Gosa because they're, they're unique. They have their own place in the market, and you can expand upon it. You can do a key lime pie like Westbrook are doing, or you can do a straight ahead style, but they're all delicious and, and, and they're suited to 95% of the world, I think. I just, it's, to me, it's one of the most undervalued styles out there, the Goza. There you go, gang. That's the, the, that's the passionate defense of Goza by Tony. Love it. Um, Tony, I think, uh, I think we've I think we've hit a lot of the dots here, including uh, Trump tweets and um, Gosa and our favorite uh, scam brewery concept. Do you think we have any? Uh, you feel like wrapping this thing up? Well, I would, except I have come across the other beer. I've done a little bit more searching okay, deep down it. in my soul, and it is the Rapscallion Sour Red Ale, which oh, yeah. I could launch good. into another passionate defense of red ale and i would be even more defined in my defense of one particular brand of a red belgian red oh, sour uh, ale and rodenbach that, i assume yep straight ahead rodenbach i lo- love the grand crew but straight ahead rodenbach it's another one that is just so fucking drinkable have it with kfc for fuck's sake it's delicious that i have good actually some kfc yeah i um I actually, uh, I didn't have any, uh, I, it's getting fried, getting like regular fried chicken. Like I, if I order Popeye's, I'm getting that sandwich, you know, cause it's so good. Yep. I hear it. Easily. But, um, like white fence farm or whatever, our, our fried chicken place and just not, uh, they don't deliver. So I'm not, I'm not going there, but, um, one of my favorite things to do is to drink, uh, like funky beer with fried chicken. Or champagne with fried chicken is also killer. Spark. Yeah. Anything that's really, really greasy, that's meant to be greasy, I'm not talking about like bad greasy pizza, although that would be good with the sour, but like fried chicken, um, uh, popcorn shrimp, that mm-hmm. is really delicious with, with sour beers. And, and I think it really cuts through. I think even fish and chips would be delightful with, well, I've actually oh, yeah, done I'm it. sure it is, yeah. I've actually had rodent back and fish and chips, and it is I, amazing. I said that. I, I think I talked about Saison and fish and chips, but that's yes. not sour, but it's in the same, I think it's in the same uh, family. It Something is. Something dry yep. and bright, yeah. Yep. And really suited to fatty foods, so, yeah. Awesome. Well, if you want to get mentioned on the show, like our friend Nick or um, my friend Kyle, uh, who uh, uh, says I'm a potential uh, therapy candidate, um, you can reach out to us. <laughs> Uh, our, our email account is uh, beerengineshow at gmail.com. Uh, you can find us on Instagram. Leave us a comment. Um, boy, my last Instagram post was really disturbing. If you're looking for more reasons <laughs> to think I'm insane, um, I left some some of the highlights from our show uh, last week are on our Instagram. Uh, it's at beerenginepod. Uh, you can find me on Untap. I'm at GriffAD. Tony is at St. Maz with a Z at the end there. And uh, you can look at what beers we're drinking. Tony's drinking, uh, you know, he's going to be drinking these beers that, that he got from Nick, which is awesome. Me, I'm going to be drinking the beers I got from Burial today, uh, which, you know, is just where the bulk of my money uh, has been going. So, uh, you know, look for my hazy IPA check-ins, gang. Tony, last thoughts. I will be drinking plenty of hazy IPA. I want to give a shout-out to Feral Brewing because they are – now owned by a major corporation. This is not some sort of small operation anymore run by a couple of guys in WA. Um, but they 
in selling out, they haven't sold out their quality. I had um, Dirty Biggie the other day. Um, I rated it on Untapped. I think I gave it a four and a half. But it's one of those four and a halfers that I should have waited till I was through the whole can rather than scoring it straight off the top. It got better as it got warmer. Well, when I say warmer, more into that drinkable temperature and was just absolutely smooth, super hazy, super delicious. So you can sell out as long as you keep your quality. I won't judge. Beautiful. Yeah, and uh, one last thought for, for Tony, actually. you can. I did look up Bolsonaro and Untapped, and there is a Bolsonaro 2018 beer. Um, so if you're, if you're craving some of those delicious Bolsonaro germs, maybe you can dig up one of these homebrews that has his face on it. <laughs> or if you just want to look at his zombie-like head. <laughs> Delightful. All right, thanks, everyone. Later.